We want to welcome you to the Bible teaching ministry of Fellowship Bible Church, where our desire is to honor God by faithful obedience to His Word. If you want to understand the Bible better, please continue to listen as Pastor Matt Postiff explains and applies the biblical text one verse at a time. You can reach us with questions or for more teaching audio and print material at our website, fbcaa.org. You can also watch our services live at fbcaa.org live. We want to thank you for listening and pray that you will be edified. Join us now as Pastor Postiff opens God's Word. Uh, my message this morning is a uh, message of um, kind of help for new disciples, but also for us uh, as people who are interested in making new disciples. And um, so you know that, uh, maybe you know, that I wrote some time ago, some years ago, in fact, a document called The Bible Summarized in Three Pages. And uh, we have that on the church website in various forms. That actually began from an idea that um, I got from Answers in Genesis. They have those seven C's, seven Charlies, seven uh, letter C words that uh, summarize the Bible. And they were okay, uh, but they didn't encompass all that I would like to have had them encompass. So I extended them to 11 C's. And uh, it seemed to be fairly all-encompassing of the scriptural history and record um, and then I redid that slightly by changing the headings to get rid of the alliteration because I wanted, there was a couple of the alliterations that were a little bit of a stretch, not bad actually, but uh, I wanted to just make it super clear. So I got rid of the, uh, the letter C and just put the headings, what I thought was the best heading for that section. Um, and it dawned on me that that's a, that's a good document, but there are is room for a whole lot more. And so I began to think about um, some other documents that I could write. And this is one that I'm working on now that you're going to help me work on this morning. Um, not that I'm going to entirely crowdsource the information, but uh, you're going to be the crowd and uh, source and uh, help me with some uh, just thinking through this and me helping you think through it. Um, but I have this kind of idea in my mind that I want to write. I'd like to write a I'd like to write several books, actually. Uh, one might be a compilation of uh, documents like the Bible summarized in three pages. The one this morning, Christianity, summarized in three pages. Now, maybe it has to go to four pages. I don't know. But anyway, um, I'm not trying to say that you can boil it all down and just eliminate a whole bunch of stuff. I'm just saying that you know, at some point, you have to be able to give your youngsters or a new believer some kind of summary of what it is that we are about and what we believe and practice and so on. Uh, and then another idea came uh, from our brother Jansen, I think, and that was, uh, can you give me a, an idea of the differences between all the denominations? So I started an outline for the denominations summarized in three pages. <laughs> so... <laughs> uh, that's going to be a tough one, but uh, I have in my mind to kind of give, you know, a, a, a quick belief uh, or two from each of those denominations that would help people to know what they're about, and, uh, and it would obviously be written from our perspective, so it's going to be uh, pointed in a direction, the right direction, as we would say, so. Um, but if you were to 
uh, introduce, and excuse me just for a second, I have to take this watch off because I want to be able to see it more easily. Uh, it turns out that that clock somehow fell behind by about 12 minutes, so I could get myself into big trouble if I follow that clock instead of the real time. Uh, it is about 10.01 10 right now, is that correct? 9.59, okay, my little automatic watch here is running a little fast as it technically, typically does rather. Um, so if you were introducing Christianity to somebody uh, sitting across from you at the coffee table or at your dinner table, what would you do? Give me, the, give me the topics that you might talk about, the headings I'm thinking of. As I think about organizing my thinking about things in, in a document form, I have headings. What are you going to tell them about? Now this is where you participate, okay? And I take notes. You teach. I take notes. Okay. Okay. So we're all guilty. And, and uh, so... Okay, let me, let me back up, Drew, because I think you're going to a place that I wasn't thinking about going to. So that could be the gospel summarized, but I'm thinking of a person who you're trying to introduce to the whole body of the Christian faith, okay? So that we're, we, you may be actually sitting across the table from a new Christian. They already know they're guilty, Okay, so I'm not, I'm not saying that's bad or wrong, but, and that, that should be included somewhere in this document. But under what heading would you include that? What heading? What, uh, I've given the gospel. I said the gospel, I guess, already. Is there another heading that you could put that under? Yeah. Yes, that's right. So... Um, I have, let me put that on the side burner here because now I'm going to get a several, several dishes going on this, uh, on this stove here. And another one is from JL. She said creation. So you want to speak to them about creation. Now, the, the way that I thought about doing that was talking about who God is. And one of the, I mean, one of the ways you know about God is through what he has done. And so in, I have a section, Who God Is, and uh, I talk about God as the uncreated, infinite spirit who made all things. Okay? So I've, what I've tried to do there is I've tried to introduce the person to the idea that there are two kinds of things in, the, in, the, in existence, I'll say. There are uncreated things and created things. Now, the uncreated box is a very small collection. The single triune God is the only thing in that uncreated category. Everything else, angels included, is created, right? So that summary statement, um, we're, we're saying something, you know, we're really saying something. God is different than we are. God is different than all the creation. God is not what he has created, so that saves us from taking somebody down the road of pantheism, right? It, 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 it saves them from thinking, oh, God is, God is everything or God is in everything somehow or some you know, uh, kind of mystical idea like that. So I would put JL's suggestion under the heading of the doctrine of God. Okay, Talk about who God is. 
Becky. Okay, and that's what I have in my document as well. So I'm going to put a little check mark here. Who, who Jesus is. Yeah, well, now you're getting ahead of yourself because uh, I have to check my next section, what Jesus did. <laughs> okay, so you want to tell people who don't have a full familiarity with Christianity about who God is, who Jesus is, what Jesus did. Uh-huh. Uh, so Christianity historically based, I had a question about, I was trying to figure out how to put that. Um, yeah, I was, I'm trying to figure out how I could, what, what heading I could put that under. Historically based is, is good. Um, yeah, now, that is, uh, Anne has said uh, that history is meaningful with God directing all of it. And so under the heading, Who God Is, I have put, uh, He planned everything, created the universe according to His plan, sustains it, and guides it to its intended end. But I like the idea about the meaningfulness, meaningfulness of history. I'd like to see if I can include that somehow. Okay. Uh-huh. Right. So um, in the uh, creation, or sorry, in the who God is section, I've, I've given you the first couple sentences of that. I said this also. He knows everything there is to know, including all true possibilities. He possesses perfect wisdom. He is present everywhere metaphysically. He's all-powerful and rules the universe. Now, up to that point, I think a Jewish person could agree with us. But then I say God exists as, a, as three persons in one deity. Oops, now we just lost them there, <laughs> right? So, and one of, the, one of my goals is in this document not to call out other religious groups or sects or cults or anything like that, just to make this a positive presentation of, of our beliefs. Tim, you have something. Yes, so uh, Tim is uh, saying about common grace, that God shares grace with all people, a, a form of grace anyway, that's what we call common grace with all. And, and I would say, I might also add that he has uh, planned to permit evil. So to kind of, um, Tim is saying to kind of begin to build a foundation to help that person understand the problem of evil because it's such a pernicious uh, problem that bothers people uh, very 
very seriously. In fact, just, just now for our, our family time uh, around the dinner table after dinner, I've read with our family uh, over the course of many days an article that was about the problem of evil. So we dealt with that uh, with our boys uh, again, <laughs> but uh, certainly it's an important question. Yes? Yeah, um, that's a good way of looking at it. So in the document, as I've drafted it, I have... Um, so for those of you that couldn't hear, the question was, do, what, do we put something in here about what our responsibility is to this information now? It's sort of along the lines of to whom much is given, much is required, or if you've given, given this, this knowledge, you're now responsible for it. And I have a couple of sections. One is uh, spiritual disciplines. And those are the things we talked about a few weeks ago. Remember, I had a series of three weeks, I think, on that. And I've just sort of summarized them here that as a new Christian, the, 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 the new person who is in the faith may say, well, what do I do now? <laughs> Am I responsible for all of this? What, you know, um, and so you could teach them. I mean, can you imagine teaching somebody uh, the first time they should be reading their Bible regularly or how to pray. You know that? Have you thought about that? Somebody that just comes to the faith, they don't know necessarily anything. And you might have the privilege to teach them those things. So that my purpose in developing this document was to be able to, you, you say, look, I'm, I'm teaching my, my children or my friend at work or whatever, having a Bible study. What kinds of things can I teach them to make sure that I cover the bases? This is meant to be a, a, to fill that gap, if you will, so that you see what at least we have come up with as, a, as an explanation. So spiritual disciplines, uh, obeying God's will, uh, sharing faith with others, uh, stewardship of resources, stewardship of your time, stewardship of your body, um, you know, obviously making clear that these aren't ways to earn favor with God but our response uh, of obedience to God's will. So I wanted to have a section in here that talks about, you know, obeying God as a responsibility. What else would you like to share with people who are new believers to help them understand the big picture? I don't have check marks near uh, on all these sections yet. Actually, I should... Let me take that one dish off the side burner now. Uh, that was Drew's that he mentioned. So in my document, I have a section on salvation. Okay, And it's always useful to talk to a new believer through the doctrine of salvation, even though they might have just now professed faith in Christ so that they can be solidified in that. Uh, so here's what I wrote for this. And, and you can suggest if I've misspoken or if I need to add anything. Jesus freely offers to all people that they can be rescued from the plight, and I'm referring back to the previous section, uh, the, the plight that people find themselves in in sin. For God, and then I quote John 3:16 and 17. And then I say, what must a person do to be rescued or saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. Acts 16:31 there. And then I say, genuine belief in tr includes trust and turning away from sin and self. And I, I just referenced Acts 20 and Hebrews 6. If 
you have true faith, you embrace that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. That's Romans 10, 9, and 10. Belief is not a leap into the dark or blind faith, as it's called. It's a reasonable, well-founded, justified trust in God and in Jesus based on God's own testimony and that of his people. If you are a Christian, it's like being a brand new person. The old way of thinking, speaking, and acting is gone, and a new way of living has come. So that's my summary of, of the doctrine of salvation. Probably a whole lot more that could be said. But my, I, actually, my idea with this document, let me illustrate it this way. My idea was that this would be a summary that you know, for me, I could take any one of these sections and develop it into a sermon or a longer message or an hour-long Bible study with somebody I'm sitting across the table with. You might not be able to do that just off the top of your head, but um, you could, we could use this document to refer out to other resources. So, for example, I have a section in here on the Bible. You want to teach somebody about what's the Bible. And so I write a little summary here, which I'll just read to you. But then at the end of it, I say, for more details, go to the document called The Bible Summarized in Three Pages, because that's going to take this paragraph and just stretch out the accordion so you can see more information. And if you want to stretch it out further, read basic theology. You want to stretch it out further, go take a theology class at a seminary. Okay. There's, there's more and more and more that can be done. But here's what I write about the Bible. Christianity is based on the Bible. The Bible is a library of 66 smaller books written over a span of 1,500 years by about 40 authors, then collected into a single volume. It describes important events in world history. There's history from God's perspective. In it, God tells us what he wants us to know about ourselves, himself, and everything that has to do with life and death. God superintended its writing so that it is without error and authoritative down to the very words. He directed it to be written across a significant span of time so that the disclosure of information about himself was parceled out progressively, not all at once. The Bible explains how the world was created, how people disobeyed God, the significant event called the flood, how different languages came about. It describes God's promises, the law given to Israel, who Jesus is and what he did, what the church is all about, and what's going to happen in the future. And you know how I wrote all that? I just took my Bible summarized in three pages document, and I put the headings in the paragraph here. Okay, So that's the idea of stretching, stretching or compressing based on how much time you have to speak to somebody about these, these topics. So... Um, what else? Drew has touched on another section that I had, which was before the salvation section, I have a section called uh, what, uh, this is not the right title, I'm just realizing now, but I'll tell you what it is. What people and sin are. What are people and what is sin? That's what I'm trying to get at. So I say this, God created the first man and woman, Adam and Eve, on the sixth day of the creation week. I just saw a campus debate on, the, on a diag or something where two people were talking, a Christian and a, 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 I think a Christian, and a non-Christian. The non-Christian was railing against the Christian. We, we don't even know who the first person, who, who the first human being was. We don't even know their name. Well, somebody gave us a couple of names to hang on our, you know, put in our minds. Um, 
so this is what this is what this is what the world does to people. It confuses them all up. It directs them wrongly. It, you know, they they uh, they can't have any certainty about anything. They're just unsure. We don't even know. We don't know anything. You say, well, if you claim to not know anything, how do you know that we came from the Big Bang? Yes, sir. That's right. So, and that's why I happened upon this idea to say at the very beginning in the first section that Christianity is based on the Bible. That's, if, it, if you don't have a Bible, you don't have Christianity, period. And so if you want to know what Christianity is about and you want to be an honest inquirer, then we're going to have to go to the Bible because that's what tells us about it. So uh, what people in sin are. God created the first man and woman, Adam and Eve, on the sixth day of the creation week. Human beings are made of matter and spirit so that they are living souls. When a person dies, their spirit departs and the body-spirit connection is broken, resulting in what we might call a dead soul. God made the first couple innocent and sinless, but with a capacity to choose to disobey him. They did choose to disobey God, and thus the entire human race was plunged into a sad state of decay, death, and sin. Both natural evil, like weather disasters, and man-made evil arise from this source. This is called the fall. As a result, humans exist in a world that has a lot of misery in it. We have a major problem with sin. We have a share of the sin of our forefathers. And then I put here a concept called imputed sin. We possess a sin nature that gives rise to our rebelliousness against God and right things. And we actively do sin by either acting as we should not or not acting as we should. The result is that the penalty due for sin is death, both physical and spiritual death. And then I transition to the salvation section. Jesus freely offers all people that they can be rescued from this plight, the plight that sin results in death. Okay. So you want to make sure that you cover those things. Uh, there's a couple areas that we haven't touched on yet. Other things that you'd want to introduce a new believer to. Yes, sir. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, a personal holiness and sanctification. So maybe I should put uh, something more about that down here. Ah, okay, so I have, I have a section who God is, who Jesus is, and I have another section who the Holy Spirit is. And it's a rather shorter section, but uh, it's, I say he's the third person of the three-in-one deity. He's, he is as genuine a divine person as the Father and Son. He's not an energy force or field. He is a person with intellect, emotion, and will and shares all the attributes of deity with the Father and the Son. He is active in many of the works of God, and particularly in this era, residing in the life of a Christian and in the life of the church. My document just went to four pages. <laughs> um, yeah, so in fact, I think I should say, I want to say something about um, Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven now that I'm thinking about what you've said, Drew, and that is that Jesus summarizes the whole law in this, that you love God and you love your neighbor as yourself. So Christianity certainly teaches that. 
and I've got to figure out where to put that. That might be in the new, new way of life kind of thing that Josh was talking about, the personal holiness uh, matter. And of course, we're, in this document, I wouldn't be able to get into all the all of the um, details of that or all the fences that we might like to put around it to protect us from going off into a social gospel. Yes, the world does expect the church to, you know, do the soup kitchens and the food pantries and all that sort of stuff. That's like what our utility is to the world. But that's because the world is not able to receive the things of the Spirit of God. Our utility to the world is, among other things, to restrain evil and to preach the gospel, especially to preach the gospel. Yeah, Ben. Yes, uh, Ben has mentioned a section on the future. And uh, this is a obviously hotly debated among Christians generally, but what I've tried to do is say it in, in this way. The Bible says that several things will happen in the future. And then I break it down into two categories. On the individual side, uh, the Christian's future consists of either death or the rapture the latter of which includes a resurrection of all the dead who belong to Jesus. Then there's a judgment and eternal state. As far as the global scale or global side of things, eschatology comes in two branches. What happens to me in the future and what happens to the world in the future? Normally when we think of future things, we think of the, the big picture, but there's also the individual picture. As far as the global scale, there are several major future events the Bible mentions, which are the rapture of the church, the tribulation, the second coming, the millennial kingdom, several judgments, and then the eternal state. So, check mark on that. We got the Holy Spirit, yes. Okay? Okay, very good. Um, I think we've touched on most of these. In the couple minutes we have remaining, let me touch on two others. I think it's important for us to talk about angels just for a moment because they are a class of created beings that are uh, significant. And uh, there's, there are always in history people who are concerned about supernatural beings. We have a lot of imagination today about supernatural beings. Uh, still a lot of, you know, search for extraterrestrial intelligence and the UFO thing and, you know, um, movies that depict superhuman demigods almost or godlike figures. Uh, so what about angels? Um, I, I say here the Bible teaches there's a large company of angels created by God in the opening moments of the creation. Uh, they are not eternally existent in the past, but like because they were created, but like humans, they had a beginning and will continue forever into the future. They are spirit beings without a body that all initially served God. Some chose to follow Lucifer in his proud rebellion against God and became demons or fallen angels. They can sometimes take the form of a human being. The holy angels exist to serve God and his people. And remember, this is a summary. This isn't the, this isn't the library book called Angels and Demons. Uh, that you can get. That's a much bigger uh, thing. And then one other thing, um, Christians don't exist in isolation from one another. And so one of the things you want to teach is the church. 
So I have a section on the church. Let me read that to you as we close this morning. The universal church and then the local church. The universal church consists of all the saved from the events of Acts 2 forward until the present day and up to a future event called the rapture. The local church is a microcosm of that larger abstract, put in quotes, abstract body. Abstract meaning because you don't see it in one place. It's distributed throughout the world and, in fact, throughout heaven as well, right? Because our people who have died before are now not in the world. So part of the church is in heaven. Um, so the, the local church is a group of Christian people who regularly meet for worship, instruction in Scripture, for fellowship, evangelism, encouragement, accountability, and the ordinances. Okay, Have you ever stopped to think, what is a church anyway? That's my attempt based on my learning over the years as to how to summarize what the church is. I've, I add then there are two ordinances, which are baptism and the Lord's table, uh, symbolic and memorial of the Lord's saving work. And then I add this, uh, have the second paragraph. When a church is properly ordered, it is led by one or more pastors, served by one or more deacons, and serves one another through love using the spiritual gifts that God has granted to each one, building one another up in the faith, reaching out to others to introduce them to Christ. These spiritual gifts are granted to each person individually and include special abilities like teaching, serving, exhorting, giving, leadership, and mercy. I could be convinced to move that sentence up to the section on the Holy Spirit, but I haven't thought about that any further. Yes, Ben? Okay, so many of you couldn't hear that, but Ben is summarizing the, the importance of Romans 12, 1 and 2, and moving people from initial salvation into the Christian life to give themselves as a uh, living sacrifice to God. And he's emphasizing the use of uh, spiritual gifts and serving. One of the, that's, that is a kind of in the nutshell contained in my sentence where I say that the church serves one another through love using the spiritual gifts that God has granted to each one. The purpose of building one another up in the faith and reaching out to others to introduce them to Christ. A church that's not doing those basic things that I've listed here is in disarray or disorder or uh, dysfunction, um, is not doing what God's will is to do. So in any measure in which we are not doing that or individually we're not doing that, we need to confess that to God and... and uh, Get with it, as my predecessor used to say. <laughs> yes, sir. Worship in three pages. <laughs> I think I'm the three-page pastor here, but uh, I think there's a, there's a utility to uh, kind of distilling, summarizing, thinking through these things, and I hope that today's message here was helpful to you would you be able to take a document like this and teach another person some of these things, just talk with them about it, open your Bible, share some scripture on these things? Would you be able to do that? I'm preaching to the choir now, folks. I'm looking around and I'm saying, you folks have been with us a long time, been believers a long time. If you don't feel able to do that, then uh, we need to we need to get going <laughs> because... 
What I'd like to do is I'd like to see uh, reaching new people and a discipleship culture start to spring up here where, you know, it's not just somebody comes to the pastor's office or Jansen's office during the week to have a Bible study or discipleship session. It's that they go to your house or they have a meal with you, uh, you know, and every couple weeks you sit with them and do that so that we can multiply our our efforts um, and do what God has commanded us to do, making new disciples. And uh, there's nothing more rewarding, nothing more important, nothing more urgent than doing that um, because disciples aren't going to make themselves, are they? doesn't happen that way. We'll talk a little bit about that this morning in the worship service. Just a, That's a tangent off the message that I'll speak in Luke today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for allowing us to see and think about this material today. I hope that it is helpful uh, to us to refocus our attention on getting people uh, and ourselves, if we're a little rusty, uh, the truth of the, of the Bible, the truth of Christianity uh, into their hearts and minds and so that they'll be well informed. There's so many crazy ideas in the world. It behooves us to teach those which are right in your sight. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.